0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So in the state of Indiana, IU Health, big, big provider, hospitals everywhere. They say more than a thousand employees have been given two-week suspensions for not getting their COVID-19 vaccines. By the September 1st deadline. They can return to work once they show proof of partial or full vaccination. 97% of its uh, approximately 36,000 employees did get the vaccine by the September 1st deadline. Let me follow that up with the chaser. The Washington Nationals baseball team, their vice president is going to resign over the COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Okay, the rubber is about to meet the road, and we're going to find out who blinks. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833 8669 Facebook, Tony Katz Radio is where you find me. I oppose force. I oppose forced vaccination. I oppose forced mask wearing. The data shows that masks do not stop COVID. A mask stops something. And if you feel good about wearing a mask, I would certainly not stop you from wearing a mask. But the idea that the mask has been shown to effectively stop COVID is not there. Now there is a study that started breaking yesterday. You're gonna hear a bajillion things about it. And I'd like for you to just take a breath. Because it came out yesterday and you already have a million people who are thinking about it every which way. But these things take time. So take a breath. You don't have to be first. You don't have to pretend you're an armchair epidemiologist. You don't have to pretend you know. I don't. I study. I read. I discuss with doctors. I discuss with people who are smarter at this than I am to get understandings of what it is I'm dealing with. When it comes to masks, I want to make sure I'm clear. The only thing I oppose is force. I have no other skin in the game. When it comes to vaccines, which I believe are actually inoculations, I have no other skin in the game. Does it clearly lessen the effects of COVID and keeping people out of hospitals? Yes. Keeping them from dying, I should say. Yes, are the people in hospitals, by and large, people who have not been vaccinated, inoculated? Yes. The, these are the facts. But are the people in the hospitals also the people who are obese? They are obese? Yes. Now, I'm going to get into the whole Joe Rogan story. Just hold up for that. Because I'm out of my head about the Joe Rogan story. Because people are insane. But let's get back to this mask thing really quick before we get to the rubber meeting in the road. This study... Normalizing community mask wearing, a cluster randomized trial in Bangladesh. It was put forth by the National Bureau of Economic Research out of Cambridge, Massachusetts. So they took these societies, 600 villages, 341,830 adults. And utilized, as they say, employed a series of strategies to promote mask usage. Free household distribution of surgical or cloth masks. Distribution and promotion at markets and mosques. Mask advocacy by imams during Friday prayers. Role modeling by local leaders. Promoters periodically monitoring passersby and reminding people to put on masks. Village police accompanying those mask promoters. Providing monetary rewards or certificates to villages if mask wearing rates improve. So there were a series of things to try and coerce people into wearing the mask. What they found, according to them, They say our intervention demonstrates a scalable and cost-effective method to promote mask adoption and save lives and identifies a precise combination of intervention activities that were necessary. They make the claim that they were able to lower deaths. They are saying, ha-ha, we have the proof. Now, that's interesting. But there are issues. Let me give you some of the issues. Let's say that everybody in these societies, every one of these hundreds of thousands of people, 341,000, was wearing a mask. That would mean the people who are 5 years old and 50 years old and 90 years old, right? That that It would mean everybody amongst the spectrum. Well, when you take a look at data, it says that the effect was greater for 50-year-olds and up. If everybody is wearing a mask, as a mask is supposed to be worn, can I ask why it was greater for 50-year-olds and up? That's a start. How about taking a look at whether or not, as they were engaging questions about symptoms whether or not the financial incentive kept people from being honest about whether or not a symptom was had. If we're talking about villages in Bangladesh not knowing the culture, as well as maybe others. Is it possible, if we're talking about village leaders and village elders, that others in the village wouldn't want to have the village elders mad at them from preventing them from getting some dollars so they didn't properly describe symptoms they may have so as not to hurt or or diminish the credibility of the village? There's a, a, a theory that the act of observing something therefore changes the thing in question. It's one of the reasons I don't allow people in the studio. I uh, I had to separate myself from producer Ari. I didn't even want him in the studio. But I don't allow people in the studio. I I I will tell you. I I should be nicer about it. I don't know producer Ari. If you've ever been in the studio when I've yelled at people to get out, yes, it happens. You just walk into my studio like you own the place. You're I'm going to stop what I'm doing and I'm going to turn I I will turn off the microphone. You will hear from me. I am absolutely unkind. I find it offensive. You wouldn't walk on stage while somebody else is performing. Get out of my studio. Not worried about your feelings. Don't care if you go to HR. You can still go, producer. All right. I, 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 it's fine by me. The act of observing changes the actual thing. Isn't it possible the act of getting money would change the behaviors of some of the people that you were studying? And how about the idea that the masks were both cloth and surgical? But we know from the University of Waterloo study, which is known as that mannequin study, that there were different percentages of effectiveness on cloth versus surgical. And we know that an N95, not the KN95, the KN95 was 46% effective. That's the one from China. The N95, that's the good one, 65% effective. But if an N95 mask, which we all agree you couldn't wear for long periods of time, you'd have headaches, you'd be in great pain. If an N95 mask has a three millimeter gap The effectiveness, the efficacy of that mask drops to 3%. So, if wearing masks amongst these villagers in Bangladesh, some 300,000, was able to reduce rates of COVID, you're making the argument that the entirety of the 300,000-plus people wore the mask perfectly. Now, I ask you, amongst any 300,000-plus population... There is no conversation of people not wearing it perfectly? These are just some of the questions and conversations that have come up. It's also very clear that while they were discussing masks, they were also engaging conversations about distancing. So maybe this is why we see the age group 50 years of age and older doing much better than the younger groups because when you separate older people who are more susceptible to COVID, it gave them more of a chance not to contract COVID. But the younger people, whether they were separated or not, already don't get symptomatic in the main by COVID, so therefore there was nil effect. Now, I'm not saying I'm right. That is is absolutely positively not my argument. And producer Ari and I went down the rabbit hole yesterday as we were texting back and forth about this thing that had come out. Because we knew, we, we've done this show long enough, people immediately were going to get political. They were going to immediately retreat to their fiefdom and, and get right into, well, this is what it means. Well, this is why we have to mask. Well, this is why we have to do this. And then other people are going to say, no, it's a mistake, and you're ridiculous. And I spent my time last night reading, going over it. I just shared some of it with you. They show this, this, this data point and I have gone over with you on the quick some of the places where people disagree and they make what certainly seems like a logical argument. Now, I'm gonna give this more time to grow and build and flow, to get more information out there. But if anybody should come at you with this Bangladesh study and say, see, masks they don't have it they're desperate to have it they they their their entire being rests on it and it's it's so we're we're, we're clear my entire being does not rest on it if you show me data you show me data man I'm, i'm i'm right there i'm right there show me they haven't done it yet President uh, Biden has uh, chimed in on the Supreme Court ruling on the Texas abortion laws we were talking about it earlier. man it, 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 it I, I called it I, what is the fetish about abortion? This is Joe Biden. the Supreme Court's ruling overnight that that's that's the way. Uh, he starts it, the Supreme Court's ruling overnight and it is an unprecedented assault on a woman's constitutional rights under Roe v. Wade, which has been the law of the land for almost 50 years. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be. I think that's the point. Who said it had to be? Why is it sacrosanct? Why is it untouchable? This is why I discuss it as fetish. What is the fetish about abortion? By the way, we should be clear that this Texas law, which I think has one or two issues, certainly, um, is the start of the conversation of whether Roe v. Wade should exist. And I argue no because it's the usurpation of states' rights. It is. Texas has the right to say, we don't do this here. They have the right to say, we don't do this here. And I think Massachusetts has the right to say, we do this here. Although somebody could say, you don't have the right to kill people. And that's where the conversation continues down the line. But the idea that it's settled science, no, it's not. Just like masks, it's not settled science. Not even close. I'm Tony Katz. When it rains, it pours, man. They clearly hate this guy, Mike Richards. Producer Ari is obsessed with this story. What? Obsessed.
1: That's not the word I'd use.
0: Well, I I think we both agree that here's a guy who said something on a podcast where he talked about booth babes, meaning the the hot women who are there at like a trade show, and he called them a disparaging term for a um, hooker. And because of that and like one or two other things, not only does he get fired from being the host of Jeopardy because he was going to be the replacement for Alex Trebek, he gets fired from being the executive producer of Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. It's, it's, it's insane what has happened to this guy. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. It is insane what has happened to this guy. Now the story is out from Hollywood Reporter that he left a tumultuous legacy at The Price is Right. What are we doing? We're going we're gonna to dig through and comb through every part of this guy's history? We're going to find what he said wrong to his teacher? Remember this. Remember the day I told you it. And it wasn't today. It wasn't today. I've said this for forever. You will not survive this. It will come for you. The woke folk, woke rage will come for you. And when it comes for you, you got to figure out how you're going to survive. The problem is it's going to come for uh, your neighbor as well. It's coming for everybody. No one can escape this. The question is, why are we still doing it? Why are we still doing it? Nobody is better off that Mike Richards lost his job as host of, of Jeopardy. No one's better off that he lost his, his gig as executive producer. No one. We should be clear. There's nothing about I haven't finished the article yet. Did he physically abuse anybody there, producer Ari? No. How could uh, Sony... How could they get this so wrong? Like, how they they never anticipated anything like this. By the way, you've got one person who spent 18 years on Price is Right as an art director and production designer who filed a complaint against Richards with CBS HR in 2012 because of age-related comments as well as micromanaging. Oh Lord, uh, I'm going to try my best to have as very as few employees as possible and be around people as little as possible in the work setting. A uh, cigar, join me anytime. Happily, uh, speaking of uh, my, my work setting today, I did something I have never done before, never ever ever before. I poured coffee on my laptop. I I, I I have a cap on it. I have a cover because it did once happen where I had a drink next to my computer. I was at a, a, a radio row and somebody banged into the table because they refused to pay attention. I was like, hey, what's wrong with you? They're still mad at me to this day for noting they ran into my table. Uh, and so water got on. I'm like, OK, I'm never going to have that again. And I cap everything, everything. And I, it, it happened today. It was just, just an accident, and I was having a little technical issue, and so I moved some things around, and, and, boom, I hit it over the laptop. It's drying out right now. Hopefully, it lasts. So the question is, what am I replacing it with? A, because a, this, so this was a, a, a Dell, just a simple laptop. Uh, then I, uh, I, I could replace it with a, with a PC. I could replace it with a Microsoft Surface. I could replace it with a, um, a, a an iPad Pro, or I can get myself a Mac Mini because I've got the, the studio set up here and I can just use my laptop as a laptop and use the Mac Mini to cover everything else. So am I going Mac or am I going uh, uh, PC or am I going Microsoft Surface? Producer Ari, what am I getting?
1: Stop being conformist, Tony. Get off the grid. Go back to a typewriter.
0: But I, but I need a computer. Yeah, you and the corporations. Well, good for you. Somebody did suggest I go full Linux. I don't care. What do I do? I am in the Mac world, so obviously I should stick with Mac. I'm thinking about doing the iPad Pro because it would be touchscreen, and maybe it's a little bit easier to work while you're doing the show.
1: And the coffee can't get into it that way. Coffee can't
0: get into it that way. Ooh. Now you're thinking. Now you're thinking. The people attacking Joe Rogan for getting COVID, not thinking. They're out of their minds. Because what? He took something him and his doctor agreed upon? These people who think there's only one way to handle things are ridiculous people. I'll share the story coming up. This is Tony Katz today. So Joe Rogan has set the world on fire. No, not with the $100 million deal. Oh, no, no, no. That would be uh, too easy. He set the world on fire by announcing that he had COVID-19. Let me uh, share with you how he uh, announced this. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. He made a video. As people do, he made a video. You know, if I had COVID or didn't have COVID, I don't think I'd be making a video. I just just don't. I I don't think I'd be sharing it. Uh, Neither here nor there. This is podcaster, television host, MMA expert, Joe Rogan
1: hello friends so i got back from the road saturday night feeling very weary i had a headache and i just felt just run down and just to be cautious, I separated from my family, slept in a different part of the house, and throughout the night I got fevers and sweats, and I knew what was going on. So I got up in the morning, got tested, and it turns out I got COVID. So we immediately threw the kitchen sink at it—all kinds of meds: monoclonal antibodies, uh, ivermectin, Z-Pack, uh, prednisone, everything—and. Uh, I also got an NAD drip and a vitamin drip, and I did that three days in a row. And so here we are on Wednesday, and I feel great. I really only had one bad day. Sunday sucked, but Monday was better. Tuesday felt better than Monday, and today I feel good. I actually feel pretty good. Uh, That's the good news. The bad news is we have to move Friday, the Friday show in Nashville. Uh, It's going to move to Sunday, October 24th. So that will be the new Nashville date. My apologies to everyone. Obviously, there's nothing that I can control. Um, It is what it is. Crazy times we're living in. Uh, But a wonderful, heartfelt thank you to Modern Medicine for pulling me out of this so quickly and easily, and uh, my love to all of you. Thank you. Bye. That's all he said.
0: This is what happened. This is what I got. This is what I experienced. This is what I took. But he mentioned ivermectin. Oh
1: my God. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay-
0: Oh! And the world went absolutely, positively nuts. Now, if you look up ivermectin, I-V-E-R-M-E-C-T-I-N, it's a medication that treats parasitic infec- infestations. Lice, scabies, things like this. Um, In veterinary medicine, it's heartworms. So first things first, when people talk about ivermectin, and Joe Rogan and they say "Oh, sure if it's good enough for your horse they are denying all the places it is used for human beings this is the same exact kind of hate reflex that came out when the conversation of hydroxychloroquine happened our take here has always been the same and I brought up ivermectin about a month or so ago if your doctor says give it a try feel free I don't know, but you and your doctor have a relationship and I don't get involved in that relationship. If you and your doctor say, give it a try. Okay by me. If you give it a try, I literally lose nothing in the conversation. You want to give it a try, you give it a try. Joe Rogan, we already know, is a guy trying things out of the box he's already there the people who have great faith in mushrooms psilocybin right that's for lack of a better word that's what gives you the trip if you watch the um uh, on netflix the documentary it was a fantastic fun guy What I took from it might be different from what other people took from it. I think what people take from it is that there are these properties that exist in mushrooms that provide value. And not everything is known. Not everything is studied. But the only way you really get to study is by doing. If you ever looked into the amount of pilots that were killed learning how to fly planes, you would say we should stop flying planes. It's too dangerous. But they put themselves on the line to learn the things. They extended what they thought was possible and said, I believe. There are these people who study what this mushroom world is all about, and they are not only true believers, they put themselves in it. Finding ways to utilize these these tools, these, these, these mushrooms, for a whole multiplicity of things. There's study to be done, and there was much study that was done in, in, in the idea of, uh, of psilocybin in, in, in the 60s, and the 70s, and then that came to an end in the 80s, and it's just coming back as of for the, like the last 15 years, 20 years. Let them study. Just because I'm somebody not taking the trip, let them study. And this is where I think the documentary shows something that wasn't discussed but should be. The entire possibility of what this psilocybin, what these, in in some mushrooms, mushrooms, these chemical compounds could offer, came to an end because the hippies suck. They took this and said, Oh, we can get high. Oh yeah, we're getting in touch with ourselves. You were just a bunch of no-good show-offs trying to prove how cool and countercultural you are. And then the next thing you know, you became the man who's quite literally ruining society today. You suck. If you had just said, listen, I like how it makes me feel, or hey, I get more in touch with myself, or hey, you know, it's made me better in this way and that way, and rationally gone and had the conversation, who knows where we would be right now? But no, you had to act the damn fool on these things and act like everybody else is just a jerk when you could have said, you know what, this is the way I do it. You would do it the way you do it. Okay. If you had just been normal, who knows where we could have been? Joe Rogan seems to me like the kind of guy who wants to push that envelope in a very Tim Ferriss kind of way. Just wants to push the envelope. Believes that the envelope should be pushed. So he didn't take what maybe would be prescribed by other people. He said, z that, that's, that's antibiotics. That's rapid antibiotics. You take two on the first day. You take one each additional day. Man, does it knock some things out people who have strep throat or a series of things. Boom, done. It's quite incredible. Quite incredible. Does anybody have a problem with that? Does anybody have a problem with, the, with a pack for this? What's the issue with him taking this? If his doctor said, here you go. Here you go. This is from the National Institutes of Health. A five-day course of ivermectin for the treatment of COVID-19 may reduce the duration of illness. December 2nd, 2020. Let me just read you parts of the abstract. Ivermectin, a U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved antiparasitic agent was found to inhibit severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2 or SARS-CoV-2 replication in vitro. Clinical symptoms of fever, cough and sore throat were comparable among the three groups. Virological clearance was earlier in the five day Ivermectin treatment arm when compared to the placebo group, which is 9.7 days versus 12.7 days, but this was not the case for I- an- another group. There were no severe adverse drug events recorded in the study. A five-day course of ivermectin was found to be safe and effective in treating adult patients with mild COVID-19. Larger trials will be needed to confirm these preliminary findings. What's the argument? What did he do wrong? What did he say that's so absolutely terrible? Honestly, what in the bloody hell is wrong with people? He didn't do anything wrong. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has a piece out why you should not use ivermectin to treat or prevent COVID-19. I just read you something from quite literally the National Institutes of Health. This was in the National Library of Medicine. I'm staring at it. The FDA wants you to know not to take ivermectin. Ivermectin tablets are approved by the FDA to treat people with intestinal uh, strongyloidosis. I can't pronounce that right. Conditions caused by parasitic worms. In addition, some topical, meaning on the skin, forms of ivermectin are approved to treat external parasites like head lice and skin conditions for rosacea. And then, of course, used in in animals. The FDA has not reviewed data to support use of ivermectin in COVID-19 patients to treat or to prevent COVID-19, however some initial research is underway. Who cares if the FDA looked at it? The FDA didn't approve uh, the Pfizer vaccine at first, and everybody said take it or else didn't approve moderna didn't approve johnson and johnson and yet we all heard from society at large like dr anthony fauci and the rest of that gang that 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 lies constantly take it or else how many times has has uh dr anthony fauci had to flip-flop and maneuver around please Uh, maybe we don't call it a lie we don't call it a lie my mistake i i oh i so apologize but they all said take a vaccine when it wasn't approved by the FDA. Now the, Fe- the Federal Drug Administration is saying don't take it because we haven't approved it. That's weird stuff. Joe Rogan didn't do anything wrong. This is, this is radical, how people are responding and reacting and angry. And here's how the New York Times has it. Joe Rogan, a podcasting giant who has been dismissive of vaccination, has covid Joe Rogan, controversial podcast host, says he tested positive for COVID-19. There's nothing controversial about Joe Rogan. What the hell is CNN talking about? Chris Cuomo was helping his brother get out of a sex scandal while not reporting on it and not telling us. But Joe Rogan's controversial? How can I become more controversial than Joe Rogan? Brian Stelter sucks. What can I say, Producer Ari? How can I get CNN to write about me right now? How can I do it? I don't think controversial is a bad term necessarily. Like, I don't, they're insane. I don't, I don't, they, they mean it as a bad term, though. I don't take
1: it that way. If they do, then it's a bad faith.
0: We should be clear about something. Joe Biden murdered 13 U.S. service members. By the way, that's also not controversial. It's just fact. Joe Biden left Americans behind the enemy lines. Joe Biden authorized a drone strike that killed children. I'm not talking about Joe Rogan anymore. You know why? He never invites me on the show. What the hell, man? Joe Rogan doesn't need me to defend him. I think the guy's got himself well covered. But this is the idea of saying, oh, look at somebody who didn't believe in, in the vaccine. Hmm, I guess we have to take him down. It's so outrageously gross. Remind me to get into the conversation about Greg Doyle of the Indianapolis Star. Yeah, it's, it, anywhere you go, you're going to find these people who've decided they know everything about COVID. And if you disagree for a second, you don't believe in science. You don't believe in decency. You want to kill grandma. Your mother's a skank. Whatever it is they want to say. And it goes all across the sphere in sports, in sports commentary, in politics, and in music. Joe Rogan and his doctor said, eh, try this, see what happens. I don't know anything about the vitamin drips or anything else. You know what I know? Joe Rogan's in pretty good shape. Joe Rogan's got it figured out. And maybe that's the problem. Guys march to the beat of his own drummer, leading his life the way he sees fit and isn't interested in what you think. So, therefore, taking him down is job number one. You will fit in the box. F the box. Keep it up, Joe. I'm Tony Katz. I will never, ever agree that a sitting member of Congress should fly themselves to Afghanistan to help and rescue missions. I can appreciate it, but I, 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 can't, I can't condone it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. The story is, is that Representative Mark Wayne Mullen, he's out of Oklahoma, had gone missing. Now, according to his office, he's found. They know where Mark Wayne Mullen is. But Mark Wayne Mullen was going to Afghanistan on a mission to try and get Americans out, supposedly engaging in threats against embassy staff in Tajikistan to to transfer money. Look, I think that part of it is going to kind of play itself out. We're going to learn more about it. We're going to be able to take a look at it. But I oppose... Sitting members of Congress thinking they can do these things. You are a hostage in waiting. If you get caught, your value. To an Al-Qaeda or an ISIS-K. And yes, the Taliban, because you cannot trust the Taliban. And this whole idea that we may have to start supporting financially the Taliban so Al-Qaeda doesn't take over, is, it, these conversations are now coming fast and furious. It's, it's maddening. I mean, it doesn't get... When you think that it could have gotten worse in Afghanistan, it only could have gotten worse if no Americans had gotten out at all. But some Americans did get out. And some other people have gotten out, and I think that's terrific. My argument isn't that there wasn't this airlift. What, what did Secretary Lloyd Austin call it? Historic? It's not historic. And I will tell you that I find Secretary Lloyd Austin uh, to be uh, unconscionable. That he's bragging like this or oh, what we did was historic and heroic You're the secretary of defense. This is what you do. What are you bragging on yourself for? You brag on the people underneath you. You don't call what you do heroic. What's wrong with you? Oh, just, just a, an absolute turnoff was this. Now we have just concluded the
1: largest air evacuation of civilians in American history. It was heroic, it was historic
0: bragging on himself man bad look but if you're a member of Congress and you get captured you are hostage number one and we can't we can't have that you can't create that risk if you respect the military you can't create the risk for the military that's going to have to go in and save you I just I, I can't condone it I can appreciate wanting to do something. And I have no idea about the threats to the embassy. As I said, we'll learn it. I just can't condone this. Can't condone it. What is the future of the military and critical race theory? Congressman Jim Banks, he's got that story coming up. Keep it right here. This is Tony Katz today.